0: All right, let's open. We're already at Ephesians chapter 4. Is that right? Ephesians 4? Quick, quick update. So Ephesians uh, is, is not written to correct, to confront, to cajole... There's not necessarily a controversy or a heresy that Paul is addressing Ephesians appears to be a letter that is written to celebrate And uh, to remind us of all that God has done for us in Christ And then to urge us to live accordingly So the first part of it really is, is affirming, celebrating, delineating The call of God upon the church and each one of us in it called in Christ. Then Ephesians 4, Paul begins with, therefore, I urge you to walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. As we saw last week, that the first step that Paul identifies in walking worthy of our calling is that we do everything, make every effort to walk in unity. The first way we honor the call of God and the gift of the Spirit among us is how we relate to one another in humility, yes. humility and gentleness and patience. Yes. That, that is how we show our love and reverence for the Holy Spirit and honor and protect or preserve or keep the unity of the Spirit. That's where everybody says Amen. All right, well, let's keep going. Paul has, uh, we ended last week with saying, Paul reminding us, there's one body, one spirit. You were called in one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is over all. Somebody said all. All. Over all and through all. All." And in all. All. So what's he talking about? But, verse 7, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That's going to be exciting to talk about in just a minute. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except for that he also descended the lower parts of the earth? And he who descended is himself also he ascended. This is classic Paul, isn't it? Okay. Like you imagine trying to have a conversation with him, just like, What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, now, this expression, he ascended the lower parts, he also himself ascended far above. Someone said far above. You gotta feel like, feel your lungs with this sentence. Far above the heavens, so that he might fill all things. You have to feel the the robustness of that. Okay, and he himself gave some as apostles, and some as pa- pastors, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the works of service, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Until someone say until. until. Reminder: This is our timeline. This is this is how this is how long do we do anything. Say it. Until. How long do we pray? Until. How long do we love? Until. How long do we contend? Until. How long do we tarry? Until. The glory of the Lord does not fall upon haste. How long do we tarry? How long do we serve? Here we go. How long do we do all the things? until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ so that we will no longer be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every stupid thing. No, I'm sorry. That's the... <laughs> sorry, make sure. More, more literal version. Uh, more carried, carried about by every wind of YouTube. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Polish these glasses. Um, <clears> okay. <throat> every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the craftiness of deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being joined and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the properly measured working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love." This passage lays out three things for us today. The what, the how, and the why. Here they are. The what is we each have been given grace to serve each other. How? By equipping, edifying, and working together. Why? So that we will grow in maturity and unity. In Christ, we have received... Grace to grow in maturity and unity. Paul begins in verse 7. After having just talked about all, 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 all. One more time, does everybody say all? All, All, he says, but to each one of us, grace is given. But to each one. Paul here is not changing the subject away from unity. Not at all. He He has just gone from speaking about all to each He's still talking about everybody. Same with someone say everybody. everybody. He is recognizing and emphasizing the unique grace that is given to each one of us. Each of us have received a grace gift from Christ. I press this on purpose. I pause because... With passages like this, it becomes increasingly likely that there will be a, an increasing populace in the room that begins to check out. Because of experience, because of poor teaching, because of poor self image, because of what someone has said or how you feel, what mood you're in. When we begin to talk about the grace of God that's given to each of us. You might think, well, Paul is probably talking about someone else But let me just press this If you are thinking The more light, the more you are thinking He's talking about someone else The more you should be listening I don't necessarily need to persuade The already persuaded Each one of us has received A grace gift from Christ That means each of you are necessary and gifted, yes. graced to be part of a whole. What kind of grace? What's the measure? What's he talking about here? Paul says we've each been given a grace according to the measure of Christ. And now he's going to, this reminds him of Psalm 68. He remembers Psalm 68 and the depiction of Psalm 68 of this of this king uh, returning into the city, having done a great militant military victory, and he, and he comes in with pomp and circumstance. Uh, it's regal, it's, it's royal, it's, it's generous, and he's dis, and uh, Paul says, he changes it. He says, and the king disperses gifts in, this, in the measure of his victory. Wow. So with this great and glorious victory, the king comes in, and in, and in, in the measure of that magnificent victory, he passes out gifts. Christ is risen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Christ is risen. He has ascended and He reigns. Yes. And He will return. Yes. He reigns. Yes. He reigns. Yes. And therefore, His grace gifts to the church are an expression and a reflection of His present Woo. glorious reign. Wow. Yeah. They are two things. They are the assurance of His reign. And the influence of it. They are eschatological expressions of the glory of Jesus Christ. What are the graces that Paul has in mind? What's he talking about? (laughs) Sorry, but Beth, you actually were playing along with your face. I don't know. Tell me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it it makes me happy. I don't know. What could it be? And he gave some, and he gave gave graces. He gave each of us. To each one is given. Well, what's he talking about? Verse 11, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Verse 11 modifies verse 7. Verse 7 says what he did. Verse 11 tells us what these are. Verse 11 modifies verse 7. He has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Do not get hung up on name tags. Our understanding of these roles has become foggy over time. And our understanding of them often differs in different regions of the world. Apostle doesn't mean boss. Prophet doesn't mean critic. Oh, Oh, I heard my father chuckle. It makes me happy. (laughs) Oh, I have a gift of criticism. I must be a prophet. No, that's a different spirit. (laughs) Didn't get that one from Jesus. (laughs) Evangelist doesn't mean fundraiser. Pastor doesn't mean doormat, and teacher doesn't mean boring. And none of these are discerned or embraced by taking a quiz. They are grace gifts from Christ. It isn't really even, hear me carefully, it isn't even chiefly important that we exactly define these roles. Paul doesn't really give us any footnotes, and even in the text. It is important that we each fully embrace the grace at work in roles. We must embrace the grace that Christ has given us. We must recognize that Christ has given us enabling, functional grace for the benefit of his church. He has given each of us functioning, enabling grace for the benefit of his church. It's also important, as we review, and I know, I mean, I think we've said this a hundred times, that when Paul gives lists, he, he never intends to present exhaustive lists. There aren't just, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 12, there aren't just nine things that the Holy Spirit can do. Nine, not so much ten, not eight so much, just the nine. For you literary hermeneutical fans... In First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse eleven also modifies verse seven. Verse seven says that there's a, that that to, that to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good, and verse eleven then begins to delineate those grace gifts. This is Paul's pattern. Shika, baka, thank you. Uh, but also, but looking at this list, if we are even going to consider any kind of a list, we must we must at least recognize that just in, in the in the list that Paul gives, you correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no grace gift for spectator. Right. <laughs> he doesn't say oh, some apostle, suffer and then everybody else. No. There is no interpretation. That allows for us to conclude that Christ has withheld these graces from most people and given them to a select few or for a limited time. Paul's emphasis is not titles or name tags, but the generosity and variety of Christ's functioning, enabling grace. For what purpose? Why are these graces given? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ. The purpose of these grace gifts in our lives is to serve the church, to equip the church. What does equip mean? It means to fully furnish. So if we read it that way, it these grace gifts are to fully furnish the church for every kind of service. We need to understand that Jesus is so big and so generous that he has fully furnished us for every good work we need to do. There is no lack in his kingdom and there should be no lack in his church. He has not withheld anything from y'all. to build up, to strengthen, to make the church stronger and larger and better and more mature. This is his plan. To what end? Well, beginning at verse 10, until. I like the word until because it reminds us that many times We just keep going. You just keep going. I don't even mind the word, the grind. Sometimes it's just that season. You just keep going. Maybe not as spectacular, not as fun. Maybe maybe a little weary here and there. You run into disappointments. Maybe just massive setbacks, but you keep going. And the church is built by people who will keep going. Is anybody here willing to keep going? Let's go. Yes. Well, four of us. <laughs> I'll take you. I don't mind. I don't mind. Every, I do this every once in a while. I'll do it again now. Is it okay? I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Is it okay? Can I mention your birthday? I'm talking to my dad. Or can I mention your birthday? Yes. <laughs> True. I just did. So I know he doesn't bear any, remor- any, any, any remote appearance. Neither my parents don't. My dad leads the way, and then my mom, you know, she's, she follows six months behind like a good spouse. Just kidding. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> he'll be 86, and then she will be. But they keep going. You yes. keep going. I guarantee you, my mom's still collecting and filling prayer journals. She's still interceding. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Any, any given point of the day, you can still, in the quietness of our home on Forty Third Street, you can still hear my mom praying in the spirit aloud. Still visiting people, still teaching, still praying. Keep going. Yes. This isn't part of my notes, but somebody say, "Keep going." Yes. How long? Until? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Until we all attain? Till we all grow? So that we will grow together, Paul says. We do this so that we will grow together and so that we will not, verse 14 says, so that we will no longer be children tossed here by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, trickery of men, craftiness, deceitful scheming, no longer be children. You might say, hey, Pastor Dapp, yeah, I thought Jesus said we were supposed to be like children. That's true. Uh, this word here in, the, in Ephesians means babbling, simple-minded, and immature. We will no longer be bullied around by silly ideas, captured by bad teaching. Um, These kinds of things, these tricks, these wins, these schemes are motivated by deceit and control and fear. The contrast of that is in verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all things. Now, normally when, we, when people use the phrase or they refer to this to speak the truth in love, and it's not incorrect in general, uh, typically that's that, that they say, well, now speak the truth in love. Or they'll say, speak the truth in love. <laughs> and what they mean is, tell the truth, but use good manners. And usually what they mean is, tell the truth, but, you know, hem-haw and, and fudge and beat around the bush. But, um, <laughs> but here's the deal. There's plenty of Bible for good manners. We've already covered that, right? Be completely humble and gentle, right? Be patient. That's the good manner. We've already got that. We already, we, we already understand we're not supposed to be harsh. But that's, So that's not necessarily what's happening here. He's actually he's contrasting the fact that the motive behind deceit and trickery is control and fear. But love speaks truth. When he says speak the truth in love. He's telling us that that's what love does. Love speaks truth and when we do we grow up in every way to become more like christ from whom the whole body 16 whole body joined held every joint Properly measured working of each individual part causes the growth of the body. The whole body here, Paul again, he has never left the topic, the theme of talking about all of us. The whole body grows only when we are joined together. Would you all say joined together? Joined together. The, we, we, only, we grow only when we are joined together and held together and working together. And when we do, we cause the growth of the whole body. What do we need to hear today? What I, think we, what I think we must hear today are these things. Jesus wants his church to grow. I think we're on the next clickety-clack, slidey-slide. There we go. We must hear. Jesus wants his church to grow. Jesus has given each of us grace to serve his church. Each of us. The grace that he gives you makes you unique and vital and necessary. And our shared goal, our shared goal is to grow together in unity and maturity. But for this to work, you must be in the game. For this to work, you got to be here. Somebody say, be here. You got to be here You know there's not No grace can flow out from An empty chair An empty chair can't edify anybody Empty chair can't build anybody up Empty chair can't pray for Be prayed for Encourage lift their voice in song Can't do An empty chair can't do any of the grace Jesus doesn't give any grace to that chair You got to be here we got to be here. Someone say out loud, we got to be here. You got to be here and you got to be you. Yep, be, yeah. be you. The worst thing that you could try to be is somebody else. Worst thing you could try to be is somebody else. Jesus gives grace to you. He sees you. He gives grace to you. He puts grace in your life to make a difference. And you waste your time want to be somebody else. If I, I think Jesus, if he were like me, he might have his feelings hurt, but he's big. <laughs> he can handle it. But I don't want to, I would hate to risk that. Be here, be yourself, and serve. Serve in church. Be a difference maker. You might even get a name tag. Little lanyard. <laughs> It's, it's it's everybody just relax. It's when you pop off from the front row that I don't miss your dad, right? that just it sounds a lot like mulk is participating and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. you would be a little yeah, a little louder, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Trust me, it's all wonderful loving. Serve in the church, serve through the church. Be sent Go tell. Meet needs. And here's another thing. The first weekend of March in uh, 2023, uh, we're going to start the Heritage School of Ministry. (laughs) For the express purpose of what you see there. Jesus wants his church to grow. He's given us grace to serve, and our shared goal is to grow together. So we're gonna, we're gonna try to facilitate Ephesians 4:11 and 12 on purpose. We're gonna be intentional about it. So it's a school of ministry. The whole thing will take three years. There's real curriculum. This is, these are the first two classes. The first one is the Kingdom, the Power, and the Glory. So it's a survey of the New Testament. This is, this will take 10 weeks to do each of these things. Well, in, in each 10 week period, we'll go over, we'll do two classes, back to back. Kingdom, Power, and the Glory. And then the other one is, the first class, you'll be taking is Christian Maturity. We start off by growing up, <laughs> and uh, we'll start we'll start that. There'll be a, there'll be some, a, a a very minimal tuition just just for the sake of investment. It'll be n- nothing like what you'd have to spend anywhere else to do things like that. Um, and uh, we'll be intentional. Uh, it'll be good, and our goal is several things. Right, number one, to uh, enrichment, just to. Uh, to stir up people to edify them to to encourage them to do all of the things there to uh, give us more tools in our toolboxes to give people more ideas and and to improve our capacity to minister to each other um, there are two tracks one is enrichment one is certification uh, the only the, the difference is this just your total level of commitment the enrichment track is you pop in and out of classes as you like enjoy them be enriched and hopefully these things are happening in our lives the the certification track is at the end of it it's a 3 year thing uh, you'll be there we'll have real commitments we'll have we'll have we'll work with you to to either to either dream and develop and deploy new ministries out of the church how many believe that we have not yet exhausted ideas for ministry so you'll either, you'll either launch new ministries here in the church and hopefully, hopefully, by the grace of God and by working together with people that uh, like like Pastor Rick and Dolores, we will we will launch new churches. Yes. Yes. Uh, we will launch new churches. They'll be connected to Heritage. We will we'll keep we'll keep them under our arm for us as long as they need to be. But we, we hope to launch 20 churches. Yeah, we want to launch twenty new tri- not in one year, but I mean, hey, why not if we can pull it off? <laughs> let's how. Let's close like this today, shall we? I'd like you to look at your hands. Look at your hands, please. And again, you might be the person in the room that thinks, oh, he's not talking to me. I'm going to look at my phone. (sighs) Please look at your hands. You're not going to be held responsible before Jesus for what somebody else did with what was in their hands. Look at your hands. Christ has placed grace into your hands. He has given you a free, glorious, and generous expression of His Spirit. Because He has called you. Part of your calling is to use the grace upon your life serve his church and to serve through his church imagine each of us using that grace what if we took that grace out for a ride to see how far it could go how fast how much how generous how generously has Christ graced us I don't think that we've remotely tapped the potential of the grace he's given us the health and the future of the church is in your hands what will
1: you you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. So Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Take my mouth, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Take my mouth, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord.
0: out grace upon we, us, your church. And Lord, in an act of worship and faithfulness, Lord, we present our hands, our hearts, our lives for you to use for your glory. And Lord, may what you do in this church through these people, may it reflect the magnitude of your reign this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ somebody said amen Amen. praise the Lord friends thanks for being here today we bless
1: you in the mighty name of Jesus go and do something good today where you go we go God bless you